0: Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most Most merciful God, God, we confess that we are are by nature nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We We have have not loved you with our whole heart,
1: In peace, let us pray to the Lord.
2: O Lord have mercy.
1: For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord.
2: O Lord have mercy.
1: For the peace of the Lord. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
2: Amen.
1: Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth.
0: Father, send forth your Son, we pray, to lead home his bride, the Church, that with all the company of the redeemed, we may finally enter into his eternal wedding feast, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the last Sunday in the church year is recorded in the prophet Isaiah, chapter 65. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die one hundred years old, But the sinner, being one hundred years old, shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble, for they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is recorded in the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5. Concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. This is the word of the Lord.
3: Thanks be God.
4: Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, Lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is the gospel of the Lord. And peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, whom He raised from the dead. Wake, awake, for night is flying. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In the middle of the night, unexpected, we know neither the day nor the hour. Christ's parable is a warning for you, for you, the church, about the church on earth. And Christ's parable is a promise for you about your joyous meeting with the bridegroom at the wedding feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. The ten virgins of Christ's parable were similar to each other, in that they were all planning on taking the lamps to meet the bridegroom. Yet the five foolish took their lamps without oil, while the five wise brought oil. All ten are similar in that they fell asleep and neglected their duty. All ten failed to stay vigilant until the bridegroom's arrival." Already, all ten had missed the mark. They had fallen short of the glory of God. All ten would have slept right through the bridegroom's arrival unless, unless the gracious bridegroom had not sent someone to cry out and announce his coming. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. When it came time to trim their lamps, to put themselves in order, the five foolish virgins were exposed, unprepared to go to the wedding feast with the bridegroom. But instead of pleading with the bridegroom himself for a little bit of oil that he would let in such unprepared virgins, such bridal attendants, they instead asked the wise bridal attendants, For oil, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. The wise bridal attendants, having enough oil for themselves, encourage the foolish to get their own oil. But the foolish, well, for them it's too late. The bridegroom comes and takes the wise virgins with him to the wedding feast And the door is shut. But for the foolish, it was already too late. And their empty pleading, Lord, Lord, open to us, meant nothing in the first place. For if the bridegroom had already known them, they already would have been numbered with the virgins with oil in their lamps, the wise virgins. This parable is about the church as it looks on earth. It is not really a contrast between the pagan and the believer, the pagan and the church. In this, the foolish virgins are not pagans, they are hypocrites. A hypocrite is someone who acts as if she were one thing, but is really another, While all ten bridal attendants look and act externally pure, being virgins and carrying lamps, not all have oil inside their lamps. This scripture is a warning, dear Christians, that trust in one's own appearances and your own self is different than having faith and trust in God it is a call to us Christians to have a wise vigilance, a watch, to keep our lamps filled with oil. The wise virgins had that, meaning that they had faith. The oil is faith. For although they fell asleep, although they are sinners and missed the mark, they trusted in Christ's promises. Despite their obvious failure to do as was commanded, watch and pray, they still expected the bridegroom to let them in. They, let the, they expected the bridegroom would be merciful and let them enter into the kingdom of heaven. Such belief is faith. And this wisdom is not earthly wisdom, but heavenly wisdom. They enter all the wedding hall, to eat the supper at the Lord's call. Their wisdom is not their own action, but it is a receiving of the bridegroom's call to rejoice and join him at the wedding. The foolish virgins, on the other hand, did not keep oil in their lamps, nor were they really sure even that the bridegroom was going to come at all. They fell asleep, too, in their sin, but when awoken in the middle of the night, their lack of faith is found disturbing. Although they look the same as the wise virgins, these foolish had never believed. For the bridegroom declared to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. This parable does not only speak of the clear and obvious unbeliever, but about the foolish one who appears to bear the outward signs of a person who is a Christian, but not the inward dependence and trust and faith in Christ. So that begs the question, are you wise or are you foolish? Are you wise or are you foolish? While it is not for the Christian to judge another's heart, that is not given by God, to you or to I, to judge whether or not someone has faith, it is appropriate and it is necessary to judge someone by their actions. A person in clear and obvious ongoing sin, perhaps a life of debauchery, uh, a bad habit of alcoholism, perhaps of persistent gossip, these are actions that, when unrepentant and continuous, are exclusions. This is like the pagan unbeliever, the person who openly rejects Christ's death and his resurrection and his life and salvation that he lives and he gives to you and he gives to me. On the other hand, this parable is about those who appear to be Christians. <coughs> So your authentic and your sincere dedication to seeming good and seeming right, well, that's not faith either. Faith is a confident trust, a confident hope in God's promises. It is a dependence on God. How do you keep your lamps filled with oil? Well, the same way the wise virgins did. Even though they knew they were in their sin, they weren't afraid to ask for forgiveness. They weren't afraid. In fact, they were expecting to be let in. They knew the character of God, and they believed in him. They had heard preaching. They had been catechized and catechized their children, or I guess not if they're virgins. I'm thinking here to apply it to the church. And they had received the Lord's Supper. The wise hear the cry at midnight, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. They know that they are not saved or brought to the wedding because they managed to keep their lamps lit by their own reason or strength, but they are saved because the bridegroom promised to bring them in. Jesus said so, after all, and all of Scripture testifies it. How is it that the wise know of the bridegroom's coming. They were asleep. Well, the bridegroom sends someone to cry out, to proclaim his coming, to preach and teach his word. If it were not for the cry, we would all be like those without oil in our lamps. We'd all not wake up. Someone has to cry out, wake, awake. Even if you're oil-filled lamps, even with those, you still need to repent and receive absolution. And so you do need the person that the bridegroom sends to proclaim wake, awake to you. Think about it like this. Have you ever prepared to go to a big dinner with your family? Maybe some of you are thinking about that this week. Have you ever gotten in an argument right beforehand? Perhaps it's hard to sit down for a three-course meal if you have just gotten in a large fight. If you're still fuming with your spouse or if you're on bad terms with your brother, the evening might be a little bit sour and awkward. It might be a little bit ruined. You probably can't actually go and rejoice if you're on bad terms. It's unwise and, un- and it's foolish to try to pursue such an attempt. So the first foolish alternative is to reject the meal entirely, to go and do something other than the grand meal which you've been planning to attend. This is like living in open, unrepentant habits. The other foolish option is to go and pretend that everything is okay, that everything is just fine, that you have oil in your lamp when you really do not. But this option is a facade, a lie as well. It's like trying to attend dinner without the oil. When you come to your brother's door, the one whom you have made angry at you, and you say, brother, brother, open to us, He will assuredly say, I do not know you. Depending on how bad it is, maybe it's better if you hold off on the meal for a while until you're on good terms. You need to get back on good terms. You need to do this by each of you repenting and asking each other's forgiveness because otherwise there will be no joy received. It will just steep itself and steep itself and the door will be shut. And if, however, you repent, you seek each other's forgiveness, then you can go on rejoicing. And the party is saved. And you are welcome in. It's kind of like having oil in your lamp. If you don't already see where I'm going with this, how different is it for the Lord's supper. Is it different? Outwardly it seems like the right thing to do. Let's go to the feast. I've heard it preached before. But it's clearly foolish to go to the Lord's table if you are in open unrepentant bad habits, in sin that you are not changing your course of action and you like. Probably shouldn't go to the table until you are on right terms. It's wise It's unwise, and it's very foolish. You cannot rejoice at the foretaste of the feast to come if you're living in sin. You are foolish if you think you can go, and if you can think that the host of the feast still knows you. Although the foolish may outwardly look just like the other people at the rail, the foolish who have rejected the bridegroom do not have inward faith. And that is why this is a warning for you Christians today. The foolish do not really believe that the bridegroom is really present. And they do not hold the bridegroom to his promises about how joyful the meal will be. They do not really expect to be let in after all. If this is describing you, you need to repent. You need to get on right terms. You are not wise unless you do so. All have sinned, but the wise repent and trust and receive. They are justified by faith alone, and that is won for them. It is not their own bringing of the oil, for the virgins of this church are given the oil. It is not that they really could go out and buy it after all, but they are given it by the bridegroom himself. So, should you really go to the Lord's table if you are a sinner? Yes. If you fell asleep drunk when you were supposed to be awake and sober, should you really go to the Lord's table? Yeah. Yes. You should go. You should repent of your sin. And you should receive the forgiveness that God is giving you because you know that God knows you. He knows you when he put his name on you in holy baptism. He knows you when you receive the feast expectingly, expecting to be let in, and the door will be shut behind you and you will join him. Expect mercy because you know that you need it, and expect it because you know that the bridegroom is merciful. How do you know that you are indeed worthy and wise? You do not know because of your own right actions, nor because of your good intentions or your authentic behavior, but because you obtain the salvation of God. But that person truly worthy, that person is truly worthy and well-prepared, who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. You will enter the new Jerusalem described by the prophet Isaiah. You will receive, be received by the bridegroom with singing and everlasting joy. So awake, awake. There will be an accounting when the bridegroom comes, and this is the only way that you can stand in Jesus' presence the justific- justification by faith that is given to you. You keep your lamps lit with oil, not by your own self, but because. The bridegroom gives it to you, and you expect that he will do so. So wake, awake. The bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It is our custom
0: on the last Sunday in the church year to confess the faith with the words of the Athanasian Creed, page 319. As we confess the Athanasian Creed, we meditate upon the mystery of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one God in three persons, and how His self-giving love is that which motivated Him to create, and also motivated him to save. At the end of the Creed which speaks about being judged by works, we must have the righteousness which is greater than that of the scribes and Pharisees, which is the righteousness of Christ, received by faith alone. We confess the Athanasian Creed responsibly, whole verse by whole verse. Whoever desires to be saved must above all hold the Catholic faith.
3: Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will without doubt perish eternally.
0: And the Catholic faith is this that
3: we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance.
0: For the Father is one person, the Son is another. And the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the
3: Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one. The glory equal, the majesty co eternal.
0: Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The
3: Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated.
0: The Father infinite the Son, infinite, the Holy Spirit, infinite. The Father, eternal,
3: the Son, eternal, the Holy Spirit, eternal.
0: And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal.
3: Yes. Just as there are not three uncreated, or three infinites, but one uncreated, and one infinite.
0: In the same way, the Father is Almighty, the Son, Almighty, the Holy Spirit almighty. And
3: yet there are not three but one
0: Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords.
3: The Father is not made nor created nor begotten by anyone.
0: The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone.
3: The Holy Spirit is of the Father and of the Son, neither made
0: nor created nor begotten by the Proceeding. Thus there is one Father, not three Fathers, one Son, not three Sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits.
3: And in this Trinity, none
0: but the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, so that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Therefore,
3: whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity.
0: But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both of God and man. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man born from the substance of his mother in this age.
3: Perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh.
0: Equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity.
3: Although he is God and man, he is not two but one Christ.
0: One, however... Not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion
3: of substance, but by unity of person.
0: For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ.
3: Who suffered for our
0: ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father God Almighty, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead.
3: At his coming, all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds.
0: And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for the church according to her needs. Please stand. (laughs) Heavenly Father, your church eagerly awaits the return of her bridegroom. Grant that we would not grow weary, Strengthen us through your word and sacraments that we would ever hold fast to your promise of salvation, won for us by Christ our Savior. Bless, protect, comfort, and defend from the assaults of the evil one. Carol Bender, Hazel Girach, Nathan Schneider, Louise Johnson, Angela Christofferson, and Tom Aufdenberg. Celebrating baptismal birthdays this week. Lord, in your mercy. We give thanks to you, O God, for our Lord Jesus Christ and the reconciliation he brought. Make us a kingdom of priests who proclaim the riches of your name for the benefit of all people. Bless your holy church throughout the world. That your word may be freely preached to the joy and edifying of every land and nation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Most merciful God and Father, we give thanks to you for the gift of holy matrimony and for your fulfillment of marriage in the bridegroom Christ Jesus, who laid down his life for his bride, the church. We commend to you. John and Lynn Leiter celebrating a wedding anniversary this week. Keep and preserve them steadfast in Christ Jesus that they may be faithful to each other and bear witness to his love. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, bless all farmers, ranchers, and everyone who works to deliver the bounty of your goodness. Grant seasonable weather and plentiful harvests, keeping us ever mindful that the fruits of our labor are all a gift from your hand. Make us faithful stewards over all you have entrusted to our care. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. King of the nations, grant wisdom, humility, and integrity to those who govern us, especially to Joseph, our president, Tony, our governor, and all who make, administer and judge our laws that the work of their hands would be a benefit to all whom they serve and in accordance with your will bring peace to our troubled world that all would hear the message of the gospel and rejoice in your salvation lord in your mercy hear our creator of all many in our midst have been afflicted with pain sickness trials and difficulties be merciful to those who are close to us, especially David Berger, recovering from heart valve replacement surgery, Reverend Doug May, grandfather of Sarah May and Rachel Haga, suffering from heart problems, Mary Beringer, suffering the effects of childhood cancer treatment, Peyton Locklear, Jamelyn Martin, Kathy Miller, Heather Peters, and Josiah Berenger in treatment for cancer that they may be granted health or strength to endure their afflictions. Help us all to see that when Christ returns in glory, our bodies will be incorruptible and immortal when he makes all things new. Lord, in your mercy. Give our Giver of the feast, you provide a foretaste of the divine wedding banquet at your son's table. Grant repentance and faith to all who commune this day that they may receive his body and blood in a worthy manner and show forth his praise in their lives. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you.
3: And also with you.
0: Lift up your hearts.
3: We lift them to the Lord.
0: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
3: It is right to give him thanks and praise.
0: It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Thank you. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen,
3: come Lord
0: Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart, in God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.